You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville teaching pastor, Matt Humphrey. We, we used to, I, I learned this very early on with kids, is like those plastic shovels you dig holes with, like those don't cut it. And I'm tired, I always end up digging the hole. And so I bring a full-size shovel, like, like a, no, kid you not, every time we go to the beach. And I'm like, I just, I do it, I dig the hole and I'm done. And so, um, but I learned this because um, one time we were at the beach, uh, just Ash and I, before we had kids, and we had one of those like bright multicolor umbrellas, you know, in the, in the, in the ground. Um, probably didn't have my shovel, it wasn't a deep hole. The wind started blowing and we're sitting there and all of a sudden the wind gush just comes and umbrella's gone. Like it was here and then instantly it's gone. And you can't just be like, sometimes the wind blows, like you have a piece of trash and all four miles away, you're like, that wasn't mine. Um, you guys are better than me. But instantly I was like, do we have to claim the umbrella? Because it was like tumbling down the beach. But then I saw this kid who was down the beach by the shore, just paralyzed in fear because the umbrella was toppling end over end like a javelin on steroids headed towards this kid, and he wouldn't move. He's just standing. Can you hear me? Okay, it's me. It is me. Um, And so it's just tumbling towards him, and I'm like, I have to act and do something. So I start running like slow-mo from Baywatch back in the day. Uh, David Hasselhoff is coming out. And so I'm like running, and I'm trying to like wave to the kid to move, and he's just paralyzed in fear, this little kid. And I'm like, this thing is going to impale him I'm gonna get arrested. We're, like, I can see all the headlines. And so luckily, I run and I stop it right before he gets the, the kid. And he doesn't even move, he doesn't say anything. He just stays there. I'm like, sorry about that. And I walk back with like the walk of shame all the way down the beach with my you know, bright multicolor rainbow umbrella. Um, but man, just in an instant, this, this thing that provided shade was, was now a projectile and a weapon that almost killed somebody. Um, I think oftentimes we underestimate the power of certain things. Um, and, and through this series, we're looking at the wisdom that God gives us in the book of Proverbs. Um, and, and what I wanna talk about today is this idea of uh, the power of our words. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one says this. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I think we take that fact for granted is that we, on average, they say people speak around 16,000 words a minute. Or sorry, not a minute, it's not some people. Uh, a day. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call uh, Audible here. Anyways, uh, now some studies actually say that men on average are about 7,000 words a day, and women are maybe 20,000 words a day. I don't know. You know, sometimes men, when you get home, you're like, I've already used all my words for the day. I've just, see, like, I've got about four left, you know? Um, but, uh, I shared a little bit of this with our leadership team um, a few weeks ago, but I felt like it was so important to point this out because when you look through Proverbs, it says so much about the power of our words. It says so much about, remember last week we, we, we did this kind of overview of Proverbs that we have the wise, we have the simple, and we have the fool, and we all wanna be in the wise category, right? Um, Proverbs uh, through Solomon says so much about how we can be wise and how not to be foolish with our words. But we have to understand this, first and foremost, is that words have incredible power. Words have incredible power. I mean, Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, right? God spoke 
and created everything. Like God said, let there be light, and 186,000 miles per second, light came out of the, the mouth of God. God spoke everything to existence. Jesus is on the boat, the storm, he speaks, and instantly the wave and the winds die. Like words have power. Words have weight, they're important. He told the lame and the dead to get up, and they did. Think about it. Scriptures tell us if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So salvation, this, this act of confession and, and, and entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, happens by speaking, by our, our words. So words have, have power. Um, think about it. You could have the most perfect day. You could wake up tomorrow morning and uh, your spouse surprises you with breakfast in bed, Right? You go out front and it's like one of those Lexus commercials and there's a brand new car outside with a bow on top. I don't know where they get the bows from, but uh, it's kind of a waste. You see a car, it's obviously a gift. And so you, you drive to work, you get a promotion. Um, you know, they cater in lunch because you forgot yours, but hey, it's, they're having Tropical Grill. Everyone loves Tropical Grill. Uh, and, and you just, like, your day is incredible. There's no traffic. Uh, you know, you get a raise. You get the corner office. Um, like you come home and your children are like waiting by the door to bless you as you walk in the door. Like, thank you for coming home, Father. We've been waiting for you. You know, um, can we take off your shoes and put away your briefcase? I don't know who has a briefcase anymore. I don't know why I said that. Um, but like you could have the most perfect day. Everything could go well. But if one person says something to you that, that like hurt your feelings, or said something that, that dealt with something like an insecurity, you're like, oh, man. The, the tide completely shifts on your outlook on the day. When you look back, you're like, how good of a day was it? You're like, not that great because of what they said. Why? Because words have power. Words have weight to them. Words, words have an effect on us. It will completely negate the good that happened that day. James tells us in James chapter three, it says, when we put a bit into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. He's saying, hey, your, your, your life um, is going to be severely good and bad, impacted by the words that we speak. It can steer the course of our life, that there's life and death in the power of our tongue. That's not, a, that's not this hyperbole statement. There really is. We can speak life into people, or we can speak death into people. Our words have weight. It's a small thing that can steer like when your grandma used to kind of either pinch you by the cheek or pull you by the ear. It's like that little part, right? It's saying our, our words can steer us and can guide our lives in a direction. Second thing when you realize is that my words reflect the condition of my heart. Words reflect uh, not just what we think and say. Words reflect the condition of our heart. Uh, Jesus himself in Luke chapter 6 says this, and starting in verse 43. Now this is a very basic uh, lesson he's giving in horticulture and in, in agriculture, okay? He says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by his own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. 
I would imagine even in a society like this that is very, like, uh, everyone's kind of involved in agriculture to an extent, that this maybe is basic or even offensive. Jesus is like, hey, you don't get figs from anywhere other than a fig tree, right? You don't get apples unless it's on an apple tree, right? And so they're kind of like, I, I get the basic idea here, Jesus. Verse 45, this is where he, he flips it. He says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus is saying that words don't just come from thin air. That out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That it, it has to come from somewhere. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's not just, it doesn't just appear. Like uh, when my kids were younger, um, the worst thing in the world is like as a parent having to decide sometimes whether you just like, you want to protect your own good or their good. So like if they're eating in the car and they're like dying of thirst and you just open up a brand new bottle of water and they want to sip, you know what's going to happen, right? Because kids don't know how to just put their mouth on it. They try to fit their entire mouth over the outside of the cup and drink. And you know instantly as soon as you hand it to them, it's ruined, right? And then they hand it back and you're like, oh, goldfish do float. Um, I thought, oh, nope, there's some sinkers there too. I didn't... What is that? I don't even know, right? Now, you can take the water bottle once you get it back from them. You could have a gold goblet and you can pour the water in, clunk, clunk, uh, into the gold goblet, right? It's not gonna change the taste of it. It's not gonna make me wanna drink it anymore. You could pour it into a brand new water bottle. You could do anything with it. But the water that's gonna come out of the contaminated water is a reflection of what the goldfish that's inside, right? It doesn't matter how you dress it up, clean it up, polish it up, put lipstick on a pig. What's inside is what's gonna come out. And Jesus said, hey, you wanna know what's on the inside of your heart? You wanna know what captivates your, your thoughts? Look at your words. Like, like, it, like little, if, if you had to write down every word you said today, all right, that's like, that, sounds, that feels like you got punished in third grade, writing lines on the class. But if, if, if you had to look over every word that you spoke for the last week, right? And then you had to give the cliff notes. What would the condition of our heart look like? That's why, I mean, it's not, it's not just a, sorry, I don't know where that came from. Like, we, we outburst. No, Jesus is saying, I know exactly where it comes from. It comes from the heart. That there's things that we have to deal with. That there's things on the inside. That's why it's so important. We talk so much about spending time uh, praying, spending time in God's word, spending time in, in godly community, because we need to fill our minds and our eyes and our heart with God's truth. Because the more we read it, the more that will come out of us. So we don't like the condition of our heart. We need to replace it with something. We need to fill it with good things because out of the good in our heart, right? We want out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth to speak. The third thing is that words stick. Um, I remember as a kid, it's the, somebody says something to you, so basic, my kids like cringe. So I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say, bounce off me and sticks to you. That was the coolest comeback in kindergarten, all right? Somebody said something to you, called you a fool. It's like, mm-mm, I'm rubber, you're glue. Booyah, all right? 
Like it was, but, but we think that words are just like, uh, this is my super, super, super basic illustration, okay? Uh, here's a 20 pound weight. We think, we think about when we say something to someone that our, our words um, are just these little things. Like it's just, it, it's, it's momentary that it doesn't, it doesn't stay. It's just, we, we can say a thousand things and no one's even gonna remember. But the reality is, is our words have lasting power, our words actually stick. They stay with people. Like they, they, they don't come off. It's gonna hit me in the face. And they don't come off easily. And, and you may not even remember which ones stick. You may not even remember the, the things that you said to someone, but your, your words, I think even one will pick this up. No, maybe not. This one will. Your words, uh, maybe not. Break something. Your words stick. Now, if, if, if we thought about that with every word that we speak over those around us, if every word we speak to our spouse, to our kids, to our coworkers, to our employees, to our neighbors, realizing that they're not just a vapor, but they stick with people. They stay. Think about, think about the things that you remember as a kid. The things that somebody spoke over you or spoke to you or called you. You still remember those. You still remember exactly what you would say in response if they said it today. Because you've thought about it for 25 years, how you would respond. You've played that scenario. You've fought that thought like 37 times in your dreams at night. Don't lie. Right? We, 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 we think about what we would say. The whole like sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Words hurt. Words sting, they're painful. Proverbs 15, four says, gentle words are a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Isn't that true? I can remember deeply the things that were spoken over me that I didn't even believe about myself that were good. And those have stuck with me. The same time, I, I remember things that, that I was called or said or, or made fun of like growing up, and I still can remember those things. Why? Because words have weight and they stick. They, we, 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 we have to realize the, the, the brevity of it. Um, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I love salad, okay? Can't take my man card. I, I, love, I like salad. I like meat, but I, I love like Jason's Deli because when I say like I like salad, like I get my money's worth. Like, if anyone's been to lunch with me after church sometimes, like, you're like, oh, you really meant that. Um, you can go back a second time. Um, but um, actually, we went to a grocery store, like, when we were first married, and it had one of those, like, salad bars and the containers. And I saw the price for it. I'm like, I'm going to make this thing count. And so I'm, like, shoving things in this little, little plastic container and getting, like, my money's worth, because we were broke, we were newly married. Uh, I was getting my money's worth in this salad box. And so... I was like, this is gonna feed me for like a day and a half. Um, and so I, I go over and we go to check out and they, they take the salad and they put it on a scale. <laughs> I'm like, why are you doing that? It's like, that's the price per pound. I was like, per what? That was per container. It's like $37 salad. What? No, it wasn't that much. But, but I was like, I didn't realize, I wouldn't have filled it with grapes and dressing. I would have just put like the, the light stuff in there. I would, have, I would have cut out some, not the bacon, because you got to have that. I would have cut out something else that I didn't need. 
But I didn't realize that, that everything that I put in there, that I was going to have to put it on a scale and give an account for everything that I put in the box. And Jesus himself says that, that we will give an account for every idle word we speak. This isn't like some, some fear message. This is, this is just for us to, to understand the gift that God has given us of how we can speak life to others. But caution us that we have the power to, to say things that will stick with people for a really, really long time. And we have to give an account for every one of those things that sticks, good and bad. So here's what we do. So what do we do? What do we just, just filter uh, our words, just not speak, just take a vow of silence. That's how I'm not gonna, not gonna say anything bad. Uh, we have to realize this, that we have to learn to recognize the fruit by the root. You gotta learn to recognize the fruit by the root. Um, Joe actually said this years ago. You're like, oh boy. No. <laughs> uh, and has, has stuck with me. has been such a great reminder for me about our words and our actions. When you think about the fruits of the Spirit, if, if you think about a, a series of, of cubbies or coat hooks, You've got love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and, and, and faithfulness and self-control. If you, you think about the fruits of the Spirit, and every word that you say, every action, which hook can you hang that on? And if, if you're panning back and forth and you can't find a hook to put that on, that's not a fruit of the spirit. That's the flesh. He's saying with our words, we wanna be able to hang them on one of those fruits. And when we sort the words that we say, when we, when we, when we think back about what we just said to somebody or in a conversation or, or in jests, and we're like, man, we, we have to identify not just the word, but we have to trace it back to the root because every fruit has a root. And here's two, these aren't in your notes. You think about people who, um, or even in seasons of your life when, when you may be overly critical or, or everything is a joke, um, that comes from the, the, the fruit of that critical nature, the fruit of that constant um, putting other people down, the, the root of that is insecurity. Because when we feel insecure, we want to bring other people down to our level. Uh, Proverbs 26, 18 through 20 says, like a maniac, shooting flaming arrows of death. Wow, that, that set the stage, right? Is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. We could just go home after that one. Without wood, a fire goes out. And without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Proverbs eleven twelve: whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. We are constantly telling our kids this because they're always, I mean, Siblings, they, they poke fun at each other, but uh, repeatedly, we're, we're, we've been telling them lately, is that if you have to say, I was just joking, in order for it to not be rude, it wasn't a joke, right? If you have to constantly, oh, I was just joking, in order for it to not be rude or ugly, guess what? That wasn't a good joke, okay? Work on your lines and come back later, <laughs> right? Is, 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 is no one remembers the, oh, I was just kidding. No one remembers that part. 
They remember what you, what you said as a joke. They remember how you put them down. They remember how you made fun of that thing. They remember those things. It's not the, oh, it was just, it was just a joke. Um, the root is the deep insecurity, um, needing to improve our value or attempting to improve our value by devaluing others. Um, I tend to joke a lot. I'm a, I'm a kidder uh, by nature, but I've had to ask myself through the years, what is the nature of it? Um, to whose expense? Am I saying something to just be funny? Or is, or is this at someone else's expense? And if it's at someone else's expense, I need to check that. I need to evaluate that. It's good to, jo- to joke, to jest, to have friends that you can say things and, and, and have all that. That's great. That's, that's, that's good. But we have to be careful of how our words are sticking. Um, another fruit is negativity. Um, we, we look at people whose words are just constantly just negative. It's like, oh, the sun's shining. Yeah, it's so hot. So, well, it's raining. Yeah. Plants are dying. You know, I just, whatever. But like there, there's always something that's, that's wrong. The, the, the root of that negativity is bitterness. Why their words are always negative is because there's bitterness in their heart. Proverbs 12, 18 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 16, 23 says, from a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Like it, it, it doesn't matter. Like he's saying, hey, wise people, there's a, there's a sweetness to their tone. There's a, there's, a, there's a, you look at the wake around them. Some people are just bent on negativity. You could be handed a, a, a free puppy covered in donuts. Um, and, and you're like, well, they're probably vegan. Probably vegan donuts. You know, it's like, probably, not the dog. Like there, there's, there's always a, a problem. Like it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. The greatest thing can happen, and they, would, they, they find the negativity in it. And you're like, well, why? The root, this is not for you to point out. This is for the Holy Spirit to point out in them. The root of that is bitterness. And if we find ourselves constantly complaining, if, if, if we feel like we're, we're the, the, the negative source all the time, we have to see if there's some bitterness in our heart. What are we bitter at? What do we need the Lord to heal? It's not a fruit issue, it's a root issue. The bitterness affects the way that we see. And here's, here's the beautiful thing. Yes, words stick. Yes, words have power. But what we have to realize is that God's words carry far more weight than anyone else's. And the more we fill our hearts and minds with God's words over the words of others, the more that's gonna overflow into how we speak. Regardless of what's been spoken over you, whether you were a kid, you were a grown adult, we all have the list. We all have the list of stuff that was spoken over us that we, we don't agree with, but it still hurts. Let me just re- remind you of a couple things. Psalm 39, 139 says that you're wonderfully and fearfully made. Regardless of what others have said. 1 John 3, 1 says, see how much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. I, I love this imagery in, in, in Ephesians when it talks about the armor of God. It talks about the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery 
arrows of the enemy. Um, and in battle, what they would do is um, they wouldn't necessarily try to take them out, but what they would do is they would, they would launch flaming arrows to try to get the, um, their opponent to, to panic, to freak out. Because like, you have a wooden shield and all of a sudden there's an arrow in it and it's on fire. That's a bad thing, right? This was supposed to defend me and now it's going to kill me. So I have to let the shield down and then the barrage of, of swords and, and other weapons would come against me. And so what they would do is they would, they would pre-soak their shields. Their shields would have leather on the outside of it and they would soak them in water. And, and Paul's telling us that when you take up the shield of faith to extinguish the accusations, the lies, the, the, the incorrect, the false doctrine that the enemy throws at you, it says that the shield of faith extinguishes those arrows. It's pre-soaked in the word of God. So when you spend time in God's word, when you spend time softening the leather of your heart in the morning, when you, when you realize that, hey, I'm, he calls me a dearly loved son or a daughter, that I'm wonderfully and fearfully made by God Almighty. Same God who, who, who spoke and there was light. When, when the enemy tries to accuse us, when the enemy lies about us, that we just hold up the shield of faith that extinguishes them. It doesn't cause us to panic. We're like, hey, you can throw it all day long, but I know it's not true. Say what you may, but I'm gonna to listen to the voice of my heavenly father more than I'm gonna to listen to you. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm receive feedback and criticism from the people that are close to me that, that love me enough to give it. But for those outside of that, for those that are just trying to belittle or to tear down, I'm gonna realize that my heavenly father's voice is more important. And we'll end today with Psalm 19, 14. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's our, that's our heart. I mean, I, I even love that in, in, in Psalms where it says, hey, search me, O God, and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. If we could just have one thing, if we could walk out, if, if our prayer in this could just be like to let the words of my mouth be pleasing to God. Not because I'm not speaking, but that's what we want. We want our, 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 our words and our lives to be a source of a well to those around us, to be an encouragement, to be uplifting, to be a balm, to be, to be uh, the, the exact same thing, the, the exact thing that they need in whatever situation they're in. And as the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us to speak words of life and of hope, and we walk in obedience and do that, we get to be a part of his beautiful story. So let me pray for us today. Father, we love you. We thank you for your faithfulness. God, we're, we're so grateful that your word speaks loudly about us, speaks loudly about who you are. And words are not empty, they are not free, they cost and they have weight. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who are, um, who are marked by your word, who carry your word well to the world around us. 
who speak life when it's needed, who speak hope into darkness, who speak words of affirmation in seasons of doubt that others are walking through. God, you've called us to be salt and light, and so we have to do something about it. Begins with how we speak to other people. Lord, let us be the wise people whose words are sweet like honey, who are nourishing to the soul, that we would be a people who speak life. And Lord, if, if, there's, if the fruit of our words we, we, we look at and we assess and we're, we're not content with them, Lord, we ask you to do the root work of removing the insecurity, the bitterness, the anger, the things that are not of you that are in us, that you would heal those, not just as we try to filter what we say, but God, from the ground up, you would work in us and change us and move us closer and closer to the likeness of your son. So Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. And it's in your mighty and holy name we pray. Everybody said Amen, amen. Church, we love you. Um, happy 4th of July weekend. We ended early. I landed the plane early. Y'all have a great weekend. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.